What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me. My countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Now, we're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. And today, we're going to talk about Steel Manning Joel Osteen. And if you've read the show notes, I would reiterate, don't stone me. Listen, Joel Osteen's not a very popular person around the people with whom I hang. Anyway, I'm not saying Joel Osteen is a good minister of the gospel. I'm not saying he's, a, he's not a false teacher. I'm just saying that what we want to do is we want to make sure that when we argue against something, that we set our opponents up in the best possible light to be the strongest that they can be. So when we take them down with the truth, we don't appear to be taking down something that's weak and impotent. We want to be seen as slaying Goliath. The story of David and Goliath would not be so potent if it weren't for the fact that Goliath was so powerful. If Goliath was not powerful, then anybody could have taken him down and they wouldn't have needed God's help. The help that we have from God in taking down these Goliaths of false teachers is the truth, the divine logos. All truth is God's truth. Therefore, it should be incumbent upon us to steal man these people's positions to the best of our ability And we really need to know their position better than they themselves in order to accomplish this. Now, let me share with you this meme that I saw on Facebook that inspired the podcast for today. But before we get into the meat of our podcast, I would invite you to support me as a podcaster. www.patreon.com forward slash near churches. You can support me for as little as a dollar a month. We have over 2,100. Uh, followers on the Cogitations Facebook page, and I am using the support that I get from you to grow that audience, to grow the audience for the podcast, and I am so thankful that you have decided to come along on this journey with me. The more people we grow, the more help that I get from you that I can pay to have Facebook promote the content, the more people will be benefited, I hope. I hope that you feel that way. I feel that way but also the bigger audience that we will reach and the more people we will reach that would support us. And this potentially could turn into a viable income for me as a gospel preacher. Now, that being said, check the show notes for ways to support me. There's other ways besides Patreon. Let's get into the meat of our podcast. Let me bring up this overlay and I'll talk about this meme. And then I would like to address your comments. If you have a question or comment, by all means, leave it. And you be the algorithm for me. Uh, If you comment, if you share the live stream, if you share the podcast, Facebook will promote this material and the podcast platform will promote the material without it costing any money. So be the algorithm, be the notification button, share the content, interact with the content every time you see it. All right, here is an overlay of this meme. For those of you that are watching this live, you can see Joel Osteen. Stop looking at your weakness and start declaring the power of I am. Say, 
I am strong. I am healthy. I am blessed. I am beautiful. I am prosperous. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. This, on, on first hand, seems a little bit sacrilegious. I am is a God declaration. And whenever we see Joel Osteen, we see this prosperity preacher, this preacher of a prosperity gospel. And he would have you believe that if you are a Christian, you are going to have a good life on earth full of monetary blessing and material blessing. We know for a fact that's not how it works. In fact, we know that the Bible teaches that that's not how it works. However, the meme has a rebuttal from Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Of course, this is from, is from his letter to the church in Corinth. He was talking about his thorn in the flesh and how he went to Jesus three times. And all three times, Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made uh, complete in weakness. So Paul says, when I am weak, I am strong. I don't believe this quote from the Apostle Paul has anything to do with what Joel Osteen is saying. The reason being is the fact that the book of Philippians exists. So look, I don't think that you need to declare your I am and you need to declare your prosperity with the power of I am. Forgive me in advance for being so bold or blunt. That's hyper stupid, okay? That's along the lines of this mystical um, secret garbage where you manifest your uh, uh, reality by meditation. It's just a it's just a paganized version of prayer to God. That's all it is. But the problem is, if you didn't know any better, you would think that Joel Osteen was well. He's saying that you're your own God. He might not realize that this goes back to First Timothy chapter one verse seven. Desiring there are those who desire to be teachers of the law, knowing not what they say nor whereof they affirm. So I'm not promoting Joel Osteen, but I do want to steal man his argument. I want to I want to steal man his position. Because I don't think the creator of this meme was very fair with it. And, and I understand, uh, what is it? Is it 2 Timothy 3.12? Um, All who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Yea, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. All right, that's, that's 2 Timothy 3.12. So Paul wrote that. Declaring the power of I am is not going to help you. If you... Differentiate your if you differentiate yourself from this world, from the world, then they will hate you because they hated Jesus first, and you're trying to be like Jesus. So why do you think that the world would love you? Why do you think that you would be able to prosper in the world by acting in a manner that the world hates? That means this system is going to keep you down. Now, that doesn't negate God's social contract that was uh, ratified in the long ago. Whenever he looked at Cain and said, why, art thou, why are you wroth? If thou doest well, will it not be accepted of you? And if you do not well, then sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Meaning that if you transgress the natural order of things that God himself has set up, then you are going to enter into a copulative relationship with that transgression, with sin, and the progeny of that copulative relationship is going to be chaos and death. 
So even, even, when the, even when the system is set against you, you can still function within the system by the rules that God has made, and you will have a better existence in the system even with the persecution. Let me get this, let me get this meme off the screen. All right, there we go. Even, even, even in the face of that persecution, you'll, you'll live a better life. Even if you're a Jew during the Holocaust, if you live a life commensurate with the commandments, precepts, and divine examples found in God's word, you will have a better existence than if you didn't. You might still be headed to the gas chamber. Like It's, it's still bad. It's still terrible, right? The system is rigged against you because it's been perverted by man. But you will live a better life if you do well. If you do not well, then the progeny of the relationship into which you've entered is chaos and death. So manifesting the power, declaring the power of I am, it's not going to do you much good unless you are worldly. Now, if you're worldly, then declaring the power of I am will do you very well. But how, however, I don't think that the, the author of the meme treated this very fairly. Let me tell you why. Again, as I said, the book of Philippians, Philippians exists. The book of Philippians is a book of joy. All right? Now, it's almost, the book of Philippians is almost paradoxical in nature, okay? The book of Philippians is almost paradoxical in nature. What do I mean by that? Paul writes it from a prison. He is bound in prison unjustly. The system is rigged against him. The world has chewed him up and spit him out as if he were a sour persimmon. Yet he still is joyful. In fact, I was, let me go to all the way back to Philippians chapter 1. Let's just start reading in verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you, because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. Now that's beautiful. That's a powerful individual. That is a man who has declared the power of I am rightly. He's on God's side. How can you defeat a man like Paul? Throw him in prison. He writes the entire New Testament. Tell him you're going to kill him if he keeps preaching the gospel. You stone him and drag his dead body or what you think is his dead body out of the city. He goes right back into preaching. And as written in the book of Philippians, check this out. Let's go to verse 20 or verse 19. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by my life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. How do you defeat a man that thinks if he dies for his cause, he's won? He, it's a net positive to him if he dies for Christ. This is a man that has actually declared the power of I am. 
This is a man who is living a full life in Christ Jesus. Even from a jail cell, he should not be joyful. He should not be happy. He should not have any kind of quality of life whatsoever. But yet, we'll flip over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Listen to how he writes at this, well, this two separate prison prison, uh, terms. But at the the end of his last prison term, the one that would actually take his life, listen to this, verse 6, chapter 4, 2 Timothy. For I am ready, for excuse me, I'm sorry, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. What an amazing declaration from this man who, by all accounts, had a hard time, who was in prison. He was ready to be offered. He's fought the good fight. He's finished his course. He has no regrets. He has declared the power of I am. But it hasn't got him what Joel Osteen says it'll get you. Because Joel Osteen's paradigm of declaring the power of I am, you are the I am. And the world is what gives you the blessing. With Paul declaring the power of I am, Jehovah God is the great I am, and it is from him the blessing comes. And that's how Paul can be happy. That's how Paul can live a joyful life in the midst of this persecution. That's why he can write to Timothy, Yea, all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution and still be joyful. So I think if we're going to steal man Joel Osteen's argument, there is a sense in which you can declare the power of I am. And don't focus on your weaknesses, but focus on your strength, but in a godly way. And that's where we get back to Philippians. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 4. Check this out. I'm just going to start reading in chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore you, Odia. And I implore Synecdoche, or Synecdoche, sorry, to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labor with me in the gospel, which Clement also, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. You think that's, 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 where, that's, that's one way Paul declared the power of I am. My name is in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Paul, you're in a prison. How can you rejoice? Because I have declared the power of I am. You can't defeat me. If I die, it's great gain. There is a crown of righteousness laid up for me that I will receive it that day along with everyone who loves his appearing. Do you think you, what, what can you do to me, you fools? I have declared the power, the great I am, the God of heaven that sits on the throne. The right hand of his majesty is my God and my Savior, Jesus Christ, whom I serve. What can you do? 
Not a thing. That's what you can do. Verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Now listen to it. Lean in and listen to this, folks. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, declare the power of I am. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, with God, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, don't focus on your weaknesses. Don't focus how you're going through a hard time. Don't focus on the jail cell. Don't focus on the persecution that you will receive if you're living godly in Christ Jesus. Rather, declare the power of I am and focus on these things. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praiseworthy, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do, and the God of peace will be with you. And then I'm going to read this verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now, at last, your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. And then he goes on to say, Not that I speak in regard of, to the need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everything and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. When you are abased, declare the power of the great I am. Live soberly, righteously, and godly in Christ Jesus. And don't focus on your weaknesses. Don't focus on the bad things. This is going to sound like crazy new-aged nonsense to some of you. But, but there's a truth to it. What you focus on in your life are the things that your life will manifest. If you focus on the negative, you're going to manifest the negative. When you focus on the positive, you'll manifest the positive. When playing pool, you, you, you have your cue, you have your stick, your quote-unquote pool stick, you have your cue, and you put your bridge hand down, you address the table, you line up, and you look at your object ball, you look at your cue ball, and you take a few practice strokes, and if you think, I hope I don't miss, you're going to miss. Why? Because you're focusing on the negative. You're, you will manifest the thing upon which you focus. Don't focus on the missing. You focus on the hitting. Now, Tony, I focus on the hitting, and I still miss. Yeah, you do. That is correct. That's just the way the ball bounces. That's the way the cookie crumbles. That's where the chips fall. Can you think of any more metaphors? But you will hit, you will make the shot much, much more if you focus on the hitting the shot rather than missing the shot. And that's, that's been studied formally, by the way. That's why Paul tells these people, I'm going to read it again. Be anxious for nothing. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. 
Fill your mind up with the power of the great I am, his holy word, and meditate upon it. And those are the things that you will manifest in your life, and you will manifest them with great persecution in some cases. But you know what the psalmist said? I have been young, and now I'm old. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. You know something? We've been up here in in New Brunswick, Canada for a little over a year now, and we have never, ever, ever had enough support to actually do this work. But yet we have always had enough support to do this work. That blows my mind. We should not be here. We do not have enough money coming in. We are supposed to be broke, destitute, and having to come home with our tail between our legs. But every single time it looks that way, something happens. It happened a couple of months ago. We, were, we, we didn't have two pennies to rub together. And then a congregation from the States sent a $2,000 check to the church and said, this is for the mission work. I didn't mean to get involved in that. I, I, I try not to talk about my mission work on my podcast because I don't want anybody to think that my mission work is a way to support or, or supporting the podcast also supports the mission work. It doesn't. But I'm using it as an example. I'm using it as an example to show you that somehow or another for a Christian, it typically always works out. I'll tell you what, in the Memphis School of Preaching, The Memphis School of Preaching is set up in such a way that if you go to the Memphis School of Preaching, you cannot hold down a job and also attend school at the Memphis School of Preaching. There's too much work. You're in class six hours a day, and if you keep up on your studies, you're going to be studying about six hours a day. So you're doing 12, 16, sometimes 20 hours a day that you're going to be studying. In fact, I didn't realize how to manage my calorie intake I've always done hard labor, you know, working feedlots, horseback, uh, training horses, stuff like that. And calorie, I just didn't have to think about food. Well, when I started the Memphis School of Preaching, I gained 100 pounds in the first 12 months because I didn't realize that the food, the fuel that my body needed in order to work uh, at a desk was not the same as the food my body needed in order to work a very physical job. So I gained 100 pounds in a year. Uh, that's an aside. Anyway, back to the back to the point. We needed a thirty-five hundred dollar a month budget in 2013, 2012, 2013, to live in Memphis, Tennessee, with the student housing. We never, ever, any one month, ever got over a twenty-eight hundred dollars a month coming in. We always functioned with a five hundred to eight hundred dollar a month deficit. However, I gained a hundred pounds in a year. So that tells you we didn't go hungry. We never went without. When I graduated, I graduated owning a MacBook Pro. My wife owned a Mac Air. My children had iPads and cell phones. I had a cell phone. I had an iPad. My wife had an iPad. I had a library, and I had several really nice uh, 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 goatskin-bound Cambridge Bibles on a five to $800 deficit. Something always happened 
to make it where we had what we needed and and to spare. We would we would be almost broke, and then somebody would say, "Hey, we want you to come preach," and I'd go preach. They'd give it, they'd give me a hundred and fifty dollar check, and then a member might give me a hundred dollar bill, or we would be almost broke. Um, I would I would go out and I would get a five hundred dollar advance on my next month's uh, uh, support, and then lo and behold, before the next month's support came, somebody would send to the school, uh, or somebody would send to the school for me an extra $500 or maybe sometimes an extra $1,000 saying, I know they need it. I know they don't have their budget met. And I I mean, it just always seemed to work out. Every time I've trusted in God and gone out on that limb, it wasn't the way I thought it would happen, but it always worked out. And I feel like I can echo the sentiments of the psalmist. I have been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous. Well, (laughs) I lost the quote. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. There it is. And and the righteous, there is people that are trying to do the right thing. If you're trying to do the right thing, it may hurt in the moment, but it's always going to work out. That's the point. That's manifesting the power of I am. Now I'm not going to I'm not going to weave this phrase into my vernacular. In other words, that's not going to be a part of my everyday parlance. I'm not going to be like Joel Osteen and say, "Hey, you need to manifest the power of I am," because it's semantically overloaded. And I think you have to explain. I think you have to take a 30 minute podcast like this to explain that phrase. So I'm not saying that you need to adopt this or adapt this into your everyday parlance. But just understand, if you meet somebody that has been influenced by these prosperity gospel preachers, understand the seed of truth from which this great tree of lies has grown and focus on the part that you can that's true. So if you're talking to somebody that believes like Joel Osteen says that you just need to manifest the power of I am, say, man, that's great. You know, I heard a podcast about that. Let's focus on, let's, let's go here and let's focus on what the Bible says about that. And although the Bible doesn't use the phrase, manifest the power of of I am, then you still can go to the Bible and see what the Bible says about it. And you will lead a much better life than if you would do otherwise. And I think we ought to steal man people like that. I think we ought to say, you know what? What what he's getting at, the, the gist of it is wrong. But let's take his proposition upon which this this uh, sentiment is based and let's steel man it the best we can and let's show let's show people what it would mean and how it would act and how it would work if it were God's message and that's all I've got here I hope I've said something that has bolstered you and, and and edified you I hope I've said something that's made you think I said I was going to get to the comments and I haven't got to them yet but I'm gonna, let me look at some of them here Jonathan Exum, yes, let God be true and every man a liar. And uh, Jonathan Exum also, instead of Joel Osteen, it's Joe Smokescreen. You know, Joel Osteen wrote a book many years ago now. Um, it's called Your Best Life Now. And I'm just like, dude, did, did, you not, did you not run that by anybody? Or maybe you did and you just didn't care. I don't want my best life now. Do you? If this is my best life now, look, I've got arthritis. Knock on wood, 
I, I haven't had a flare-up this year. Whenever I, Last year, whenever I got into the Maritimes, the atmosphere tried to kill me. For three months, I could barely walk. I haven't had that issue this year. I think it's because I've acclimated. But my point is this. I ain't going to have to deal with that in heaven. So if this is my best life, it's, it's a particular kind of hell. If this is the best that, that it can get is on this side of eternity, I don't want to follow Joel Osteen's teaching. I don't want my best life now. I want to live the best life that I can while I'm here, but that's still, you know, in the spirit of steel, Manning, have your best life now. Live a life of godliness in Christ Jesus. You'll suffer persecution, but you, but John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. So live your best life now, that you, the best life that you can now, in hopes of the best life that you can possibly imagine, better than you can possibly imagine in eternity. But we know that that's not the message of these prosperity gospel, uh, gospel preachers because they can't make the buku bucks if it's all metaphysical. People only trade money for value, and people give Joel Osteen money for the message that you are living a be- your best life that you can live now on this side of eternity. So maybe we need to learn how to combat that. All right. Uh, Brandon Dresner said that Joe Smokestream gave him a good chuckle. Hello, Sheila Cole. I'm so glad you're here. And we have eight people in the audience. Remember, be the algorithm for me. Be the notification bell for me. Share this. Uh, come back to the uh, Cogitations Facebook page. Be sure and like the Cogitations Facebook page. Be sure and follow the Cogitations Facebook page. And be sure and invite your friends to the Cogitations Facebook page. Be the algorithm for me. And support me on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash near churches. And the money that you give to the Patreon goes directly to uh, uh, advertising for the Cogitations Facebook page and podcast. And if you do that, that's awesome. But if you if you can't do the monetary support and you just be the algorithm for me, as Sheila just did, she shared this. Thank you so very much. And hello, Vicki McLean. Good to see you. Then that's as good as money in some cases for what we're trying to do. Invite your friends to the Cogitations Facebook page. Every time you see a piece of content from Cogitations, interact with it and share it. And uh, that's... That's that's all I've got on that. Thank you so very much. Jonathan Exum says, I'd like to stay here longer than man's allotted days. Um, I have trouble with this line. Jonathan, I, I appreciate that, and and I used to. In fact, I used to have trouble with the with the song um Tempted and Tried, we off made to wonder how it should be how it could be thus all the day long. Uh farther along. Farther along we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. I think that song, I'd like to stay here longer than man's allotted days. I think that line, and I think that other song, Farther Along, it's just shining a light on the human condition. I do want to stay here longer than man's allotted days. Man's allotted days is is three score and maybe four score. I can't remember what the Bible says there. We, we live about 100 years. I want to live to be 150 or 200. I don't want to die. Death is not a friend. Now, I do, want to have the, I do want to have the attitude of the Apostle Paul. 
If I had my druthers, I believe I'd rather go home and be with Jesus. That's great gain for me. But I know that I have work here on this earth to do. And I want to stay here as long as I can on this earth and do my work. And I also don't want to die. There's a part of me that doesn't want to die, even knowing what's on the other side. I still don't want to die. So I, I think, I think that that's what this line in this song is getting at. And, I, and, and the older I got, the older I got, the more I came to appreciate that song farther along. The older I get, the more I appreciate lines in songs like, I'd like to stay here longer than man's allotted days. But I understand why you have trouble with it. I've had trouble with it too in the past. Anyway, all right. And Jonathan says, I think, I think the same thing there. Awesome. All right, guys, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut her down. Thank you so much. Remember, be the algorithm, be the notification, share it and like it, and then con- and look at the show notes, and there's ways to support me. The easiest way is through uh, Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash near churches. This has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations. Thank you so much for uh, Brandon and Sheila and Jonathan for sharing. And uh, for all of those of you who have shared and interacted and are watching, thank you so much. This has been Tony Berth Cogitations, and we will catch you on the flip side.